0: Hey, good morning. All right, y'all sit down. It is such an honor to be here. Um, I bring you greetings some 20 plus years later from your sister in the South, Southwestern Assemblies of God University. That is where I hail from, but know that I still have love in my heart for North Central. And I heard all of you ed majors out there, let's go, right? Um, So real fast, if you are an ed major, would you just stand up? Let's just go ahead and do this right now. Let's Let's just get it out of the way. In the name of Jesus, whom we serve, I bless you and I speak an anointing over your life that as you walk into your classrooms, the atmosphere will shift in the name of Jesus that you are going to encounter students, parents, and fellow teachers who have never encountered the presence of God. But because the presence of God dwells within you, they are going to encounter the Almighty God. I declare in the name of Jesus that you will have words of knowledge, that you will have prophetic words, that healing will break forth in your classrooms. I declare in the name of Jesus that anxiety will not exist in your classrooms, that no demon will be able to stand in your classrooms, that strongholds in the name of Jesus, because the Spirit of God rests in you. Amen and amen. You may be seated. If you're not an ed major, you carry the Spirit of God, too. So you do as well, Um, because as the people of God, we carry his presence but before I get too far, thank you for the opportunity to stand before this great body today. I don't take it lightly. I don't want to uh, spend a ton of time saying, I remember when I was, but there is going to be element of, I remember when I was, and I remember the lessons that I learned when I left Bible college, because this is an amazing place to encounter God's presence. It's an intense, it's a lab, it's You are soaking in his presence. It's like you're regularly getting your toes done, you know, for a pedicure, so your feet are all soft, but then you leave college, and if you don't continue to take care of them, your heels get crusty. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, like that wintertime heel crust kind of thing? All right. So we will do a little bit of that, um... I have part of my family here. My husband is here. He serves a local body here in the area as a worship pastor, and I love him very much, and I appreciate his support. And then our youngest child is here. He's five, but I believe he has headphones on, so he does not hear me talking about him. But Shepard is here. We also have a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old. So if you're like, man, I'd like to make some money, see me after chapel service today, and we can talk about how I can invest in your life, and you can bless our life by being with our children. You think I'm teasing, but please see me later. Let's jump into the Word. I'm going to take us to a passage that I'm sure you're very familiar with. It's Psalms 139. We're going to be looking at verses 7 through 12. Where can I escape your spirit? where can I flee from your presence if I go up to heaven you are there if I make my bed in Sheol you are there if I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon even there your hand will lead me your right hand will hold on to me if I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will be night even the darkness is not dark to you the night shines like the day darkness and light are alike to you. Father, we thank you that you are here, and we thank you for your word. Let your voice be heard this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The things that I hope to leave you with today, number one, God is with you, right? Seems very simple, very basic, but you know, it's often those simple and basic things that if we don't remember, if we don't go back and remind ourselves we're going to find ourselves in a difficult situation. There's a reason why the basics are called the basics and why the basics are a foundation, because a foundation allows you to stand. A foundation allows you, you might be swayed, but you are not going to be knocked over, right? I want to tell you this because circumstances and feelings will tell you differently. Life will happen. John 16, Jesus tells us, in this life you will have trouble. But Take heart. I have overcome the world. God is with you. 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 Though your life might tell you differently, though the email or text you got from home says differently, though your plans for the future may say differently, God is with you. And we can know that when we walk in the awareness, the acknowledgement of the fact. There's a lot of talk about awareness right now, right? Let's be aware of what's happening in our city. Let's be aware of what's happening in our country. Let's be aware of what's happening in the sphere that we walk in from day to day. And awareness is acknowledging a fact. Now, I'm not gonna go down a whole long list of the things that I feel are facts. Did you hear what I said? I feel are facts. There's a difference between I feel our facts and facts are facts. The fact is God is with you. Then when we have an awareness of this fact that he is with us, we get to practice his presence by acknowledging. So we go from being aware of the fact to accepting the truth of his presence. Because we all accept and know that we are sitting in a room full of oxygen or else this would be a very difficult (laughs) gathering that we are having right now. We can acknowledge it, but we have to receive it by right? We are receiving the truth of the fact that there is oxygen in this place. I want to read a quote to you from a book that I'm actually reading right now. The author is Alicia Britt Scholey. She's the author of the book Anonymous and also 40 Days of Decrease. If any of you observe Lent, 40 Days of of Decrease would be an excellent resource to read. But this is from her book, The Sacred Slow. God did not architect us to live on adrenaline surges. We flourish with a connectivity that is more even and steady. Faith is a glorious opportunity to live in him with or without the experience of feelings through willful moment-by-moment attentiveness to Jesus, whose presence, now get this, neither surges nor wanes. If God is omnipresent, present everywhere, then he is fully God when I feel it, and he is fully God when I don't. He is fully God in the middle of the night when you were doing that thing that you probably should have done two weeks ago. Can we be real? He is fully God then as he is when we are smack dab in the middle of a revival. He is fully God when you get the diagnosis as he is fully God when healing comes. Amen. Amen? And so when I thought about what to share this weekend, and here, here's some optics for you. This is my Bible. This is the Bible that I speak with because it's smaller than the Bible that I actually read from. My scriptures are actually printed on my pages, so I'm not that good that I have them all memorized. I just thought I'd let you know. That's what's going on right here as I move my Bible to the side. And yes, that is duct tape. Man, she must really be a prayer warrior. It's because I jam jam stuff in my bag. And pages get torn. So let's just keep it real, right? Okay, so let's look back at this passage, Psalms 139. We're going to go verse by verse. Let's go. I'm a teacher, guys. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Where can you go? Nowhere. There is nowhere that you can go, and God is not there. If we go to heaven, and I want you to picture in your mind, heaven obviously is God's throne He is there to a capacity that we have yet to experience, but one day we will. He is there. Now, here's the thing that kind of bends our brain. Also, in hell, he is there, right? So the highest point of your life and the deepest part of your life. In literal heaven, his throne, in literal hell, God is there because he is everywhere present, the scriptures goes on and it gives examples of, if, he, if I go to the beginning of dawn, I like dawn, not the moments right before dawn, but once dawn starts to come, and to be quite honest, I prefer summer dawn than winter dawn because winter dawn takes forever. Our five-year-old, when I take him to school, his school starts at 7.30 in the morning. Often he will say to me, mama, it's not time for school, it's still nighttime outside. And I'm like, oh, buddy, the sun just is not awake yet on our side. But it's coming. So I want you to think about beginnings. When I think about dawn, I think about the beginnings of things, right? Some of you had a dawn coming to North Central. You began something new, and it's been amazing, and God is there with you. Some of you might be on the Western horizon of your time here at North Central, and you might be having this very normal thing that happens where are like, oh my dear God, I have just spent the last four years studying X, and I'm not quite sure this is what I'm supposed to do, but my parents have already spent this money. I don't want to disrespect those that are paying for your own school, but let's keep it real. Parents help us a lot, right? Can we give a shout out to our parents today? Come on. I'll let you in on a secret you honor your parents now they will continue to be there for you after you're out of school and it's not about what they do for you you want their presence even if they're not serving the lord yet can i tell you that if you will honor your parents now that god will give you the opportunity to speak into their lives to show them god's faithfulness honor your parents now We love to think about God in the light. Don't you love those sunny days? I mean, I've lived in Minnesota long enough that I know that when the sun shines and the temperature gets above 20 degrees, man, people are like skipping (laughs) and smiling and hello. And they're just so happy because we feel the presence of the S-U-N sun. But how much better when we are in the presence of S-O-N, the sun. And guess what? We are. Both times we are even in the middle of the night when it is as dark as possible. Guess what? The sun is still shining. The literal natural sun never goes out. I believe God did that in part to have to give us a tangible reminder that our son, the son of God, never goes out on us. He is always there. After I graduated from Southwestern and I was teaching, I went through this season where I think I was trying to hide from God. I don't know if it was just like, ah, uh, d- I wasn't done with the things of God, I just began to be allured by the things of the world. And I just wanted to see, cause I'm a good girl, I am a good girl. I like rules, I am a teacher for goodness sake. I love order. And if you say, hey, don't do this, guess what I'm not going to do? That thing that you said not to do. (laughs) But then I started experimenting with things that I'm not supposed to do and I didn't die. Does it sound familiar? Sound like the tactic that was used way back when? See, nothing happened to you. You still believe that Jesus is God. You're still going to church. But let me tell you how I was going to church. I would go like at the end of worship. And I would leave before the altar because I figured if I could miss that time that has concentrated with God's presence and right before like they unleash Holy Spirit to speak to you at the altar time, that maybe I could slide out of there, still stay faith that I was in church in case someone talked to my parents, but not really be in God's presence and have to deal with the choices I was making. My plan failed. (laughs) Because as we have been talking about, God is with you. God is with you whether you are in the worship set. God is with you whether or not you respond to the altar call. Because everywhere you go, he's there. But let me tell you in God's grace and mercy how he got my attention. He spoke to me between that sleep and awake. You know when your alarm goes off but you hit snooze? And so you're kind of asleep, but you're kind of awake. Well, for me, I often hear God very clearly in those moments because I'm not putting up my defenses. I'm not trying to rationalize the things that I am doing or I'm thinking about doing. And that is when I heard the Lord, and I am so thankful that God is everywhere present. I'm so thankful that the word that had been placed in my heart and my spirit when I was a little girl was coming back to me in my mid-twenties. I'm so thankful that this is more than just a book holding words, but the words inside this book are life. They are life, and they are anchors in the middle of the storms that life will bring your way. Wherever you go, God is there. Let's talk about him being in the place of hell or Sheol, the place of the dead. Psalms 40 verse 2 says, He brought me up from a desolate pit, out of the muddy clay, and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. One of the things I love about our God is that he is willing to get in the pit. He is willing to go into the bowels of hell and get his kids. We serve a God who's willing to get dirty, for us. Do you know why? We just celebrated. What child is this? Who laid to rest? That child, the very essence person of God came and got dirty with us. So when people look and they say, oh, well, you're a Christian. You don't know what it is. And then they fill in the blank with whatever the thing is that they think that you have not experienced. If you are human, you have sin. If you have sin, you've been in the muck and you've been in the mire. Please don't ever allow someone to say, you don't know what it is. You know what it is to be separated from God. And while we don't have to come back and clap back and say, you don't know what you're talking about, you can say, I do know what you're talking about. But can I tell you about my God that was willing to get down and get dirty with me? He doesn't from heaven go, hey, you seem to be in a bit of a mess right now. Aren't you so glad that he was like, I'm going to go get them. I'm going to put on flesh and I'm going to climb down there with them so that I can walk out with them so that they can walk clean and full of life and hope and that they never have to have another moment where they wonder, is God with me? Because he, he named himself so that we would remember he is Emmanuel, God with us. He's willing to get dirty for us. So, the question that I have for us, and answer it within your own heart, are we willing to get dirty for others? Because in this life where we have trouble and things are messy, right? Don't you love when you go fishing and it's just there's a ton of fish already there? Now, I'm going to be fully honest. I do not bait my own hook the last time that I went fishing because, ew. Um, I have sons. They do gross things. Well, as they're getting older, I am training them to do gross things for me. Um, You know, kill the bugs, take out the trash, go into the scary place because we heard something. I don't know what it is. But they have to be older in order to do that. You can't send your three-year-old. That's just bad parenting. Anyway, when you go fishing and there are a lot of fish, like it's a hot spot. You throw the hook in. And it's like immediately, you grab another, you throw it in, you get another one. And I think sometimes as believers, that's what we want. We want to sit on the shore and cast our line, and there it is. And this person wants all the things that God has for them. They're ready. They're ripe. But there are others that we're going to have to work a little bit harder for. There are others. Let's switch it up just a little bit. You got to go out into the deep sea. You got to launch out into the deep. And what that might look like for us here means we may have to step out of our comfort zones a little bit. We may have to be in a place where we're not as comfortable. For some of us, it may be accepting an assignment to be at a church that maybe is not as cool as the church that you want to be at. But God said, you be here. Because if you were here, I'm going to be able to teach you things that you're not going to be able to learn there. Because there, you're just going to blend in. But here, you cannot hide. Right? Are we willing to make ourselves a little bit uncomfortable. Are we willing to surrender our schedules? Like I said, I like rules, I like order. I have schedules and timers for days to the point where my kids will say, hey, was that timer for you or was that timer for us? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was me, buddy, don't worry about it. But do you know that sometimes in order to do what God has asked us to do, carry his presence, we have to get off our schedule? It may mean that we have to stop instead of, hey, walk with me while we talk, we stop and lock eyes and say, hey, how are you today? What's going on with you today? How are you hearing from Jesus today? And then for the person who doesn't know the Lord, we have to ask different questions, right? Especially if you barely know them, please, 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 unless it's a word from the Lord, build relationship with somebody before you bring them to an altar moment, because I don't think it's going to happen anyway, right? Right? because they're not ready to hear what you have to say. But when you show up for them, when you are present for them, and they're like, hey, I was praying for you today. And this is what I wanted to share with you. And you're encouraging, and you listen, and you dialogue, and you say, hey, tell me more about why you think that. Tell me about the experiences that you had. When Paul says, I become all things to all people that I might win some, it's not because Paul was schizophrenic. It was because Paul saw the importance of getting to know someone and climbing into their boat and sitting with them and talking with them. And then, can I tell you about this hope that I have in Jesus? So, I've told you that God is with you. And I've told you that because life and circumstances will tell you otherwise. will yell it in your face at times and say, God is not real. The fool says in his heart that there is no God. But do you know that God has mercy even on the fools? Because he had mercy on me. Because there are so many times where my words have not said there is no God, but my actions and my attitudes and my heart have acted as if there is no God. So just because I'm not saying the words doesn't mean that I am not playing the part. Because Jesus said, if it is in your heart, it is as if you did it. And that's not just limited to adultery and hatred. Right? God is always with us. So, in this last season of life that I've been in, um, which has been probably for the last few years, it's 2022, almost we're going on three years. Coming out of 2019, um, I had three different people die from cancer. And we know that cancer bows to the name of Jesus. But I just knew God was going to heal them. I just knew He was. I mean, like, these are amazing people serving God all out, because somewhere there's this thing floating around that if you do the right stuff, God will give you what you want. My Bible says that God is good and does only good. And so the things that he does or allows to happen does not negate his goodness, nor does it negate his presence in your life. So I came through that season and it, and it shook me a little bit. And then my husband and I led um, a missions trip to India. And then we came back and I promptly found myself in a pit of just going, God, I, I know you're there because you're God, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like you're hearing me, it doesn't feel like you're answering my prayers. But God, I know you're there, and that was my posture. God, I I don't feel it. I feel nothing, but I'm going to praise you because you are God and because I know that you are good. God, I have no tears to cry. I have no emotion to outwardly show, but you are on your throne, and I will exalt your name. Now, I'm kind of shouting it right now because I have the microphone and it's, it's my turn to talk. But can I tell you in those moments, it was like, God, I know that you are there. Now, for me, sometimes I do make myself say it out loud. I do make myself declare truth out loud. And you don't have to necessarily shout it, just declare the truth of God. For us to to move beyond simple awareness of God's presence to acknowledging, accepting his truth, we have to, out of our mouths, declare the goodness of God and declare that he is present. I am not downing the mountaintop experiences. They are amazing. Go to the mountaintop. But when you walk through the valley, remember that he is still good and he is still God. Amen. Because I am telling you, when you leave this place, and I fully recognize that difficulties and hard times happen here while you are a student, it is different when you leave this campus. This is not to make you afraid. This is to make you aware. Because when you are aware, then you can acknowledge, receive truth. And the awareness is this, the same God that you will jump and celebrate in this room is the same God who is with you. When you're going, God, I don't understand. I had a plan. It's not working the way I thought it was supposed to work. But I know that you are with me. I know that you are with me. Because he is Emmanuel, God, with us. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And this is what I'm going to ask as you bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, Portia, don't you know where you are? I am fully aware of where I am. But if you'll remember where I went, I know that just because you are at a place full of the Spirit of God does not mean that you have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you are in this room and you're like, I cannot believe, believe it because God loves you so much that he would say today is your day to surrender everything. I do not just want to be your Savior. I want to be your Lord. And if that's you, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand in this room. What better place to surrender everything to Jesus Christ than in Bible school. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I saw you as you put your hand down. Let's go. Come on. Praise the Lord because today is your day and the Lord wants you to know that he has been waiting for you but he has also been chasing you because he has a call and a plan for you and the fact that today is the day that you're surrendering does not negate the plan. He's all systems go for you. So you confess right now, and you say out loud in your mouth, with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and that you believe that he died on the cross and rose again from the grave. And today, you are saved. Yeah. And the last thing that I would ask you to respond to, if you're in this room And you have thought that God has left you because you haven't felt him like you used to. You haven't felt him like you were familiar with feeling him. Hear the truth of God today. He is with you. Your feelings are a thermometer. They are not a thermostat and they do not dictate the truth of God's presence in your life. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands, and I'm going to pray for you. Of just, I've just been like, God, where, where are you? Are you even here? Thank you for your honesty and authenticity right now. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hands. I, hand, I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. God, I thank you. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you are Emmanuel. God, and I ask that we would leave this place acknowledging you are God and that you are with us regardless of what I feel like, regardless of the circumstances of my life. We declare today that God, we know that you are with us and we carry your presence everywhere we go. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. Amen.